Good morning, gentlemen. How's everyone doing today? And I am on day one. Thanks be to God for a day. A day on which I have not ejaculated, viewed pornography, or had sex with anybody. And that's what I'd like to do. Here's something I've been learning lately. A couple books that I strongly recommend. They don't necessarily seem to be too related to each other, but I assure you they're both very worthwhile. One is called Cupid's Poisoned Arrow. And the other one I'm reading right now is called Fat for Fuel. And Cupid's Poisoned Arrow is about how our genes and our genes intention upon procreating and surviving, that is having the species survive, not optimizing our individual lives, but having our species survive, affects us sexually. And then this other wonderful book, Fat for Fuel, takes into account and addresses how this affects the way that our bodies regulate themselves with respect to our food. And many, many, many other details are involved in these books. They're both really, really worthwhile. But I've been gaining new respect for my genetics of late. So that is to say, I see a beautiful woman on the sidewalk. Some part of me wants me to go talk to her. Now, I'm a single man. I've never been married and have no kids. But I am healthy. I'm strong. And if I see an attractive, young, fertile woman, there's something in me that says, go talk to her. And what I'm realizing now is that it's as though there's a genetic subtext to that, which is basically saying, go talk to her, because you might make a baby, and then there will be more humans. So there's this very primal drive that human beings, as, as human beings, we all have it inside of us, and we mustn't take it lightly. Now, of course, the problem with pornography is that it hijacks the executive brain function in just the way that the genetic imperative of our species, which is to say, procreate, make more humans, is designed to. But that imperative was not designed to be in an environment where the opportunity to procreate or the theoretical opportunity to procreate was crazy, scary, abundant. By the same token, in the environment of our ancestors, enormous amounts of really, really tasty carbohydrates were simply not historically what was the norm. That was not what was available. But now that that is the case, lots of processed food is everywhere. So that part of us that says just survive is often triggered by foods in the modern world and sexual stimulation in the modern world, both of which are ubiquitous. So these stimulants in the world, internet pornography, lots and lots of low-quality processed food, these things are actually designed to hijack our systems, to hijack our systems, and how did they get into our system? Here's how they get in. They get in because our systems are at the top level, optimized for the survival of the species. If you can binge on a lot of carbohydrates, this is, of course, going back thousands of years, then you're probably going to stand a better shot of making it through a difficult winter where food might be scarce. 
So there's the optimization that explains how we really don't have something inside that says, now you should no longer eat those yummy tasting carbohydrates. It isn't there. It's not there because we're designed to survive and that would be a good way to put more fat on to make it through a long winter. It's just that those aren't the circumstances that we find ourselves in today. By the same token, going back thousands of years, there was a time when to simply procreate with any attractive fertile female in the vicinity was absolutely necessary to make sure that the human race didn't die out from very small numbers. It certainly could have. This big, gnarly, challenging planet and all of these different difficulties to cope with. So if there was an opportunity to have sex with somebody young and attractive, to put a baby inside of her back thousands and thousands of years, that would have been increasing our species' chance of surviving. Well, it turns out our genes, in my experience, and in the experience of some pretty brilliant researchers, still have that wiring. Now, that doesn't mean by any by any stretch of the imagination, it does not mean that we simply have to go out and binge uncontrollably or have sex or masturbate indiscriminately like crazy people driven by our genes like some sort of laboratory animal. But here's the thing. If we don't respect that genetic programming, understand it, and how to sidestep it, then... Unfortunately, we run the risk of being very, very aggressively pushed around by those genes. Now, in the area of food, I will say I have some mastery and some long-term success around eating in such a way that I utilize my body's own epigenetic potential for maximum health and success and well-being. I will also say that I've had some success in this area with my sexual wiring, with my sexual genetic potential, but I've also had an enormous amount of failure. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about the origin of the sexual trauma as it's existed in my life. So going back a little ways now, I was raised in a household where when I was probably in my teen years, although I only learned this very recently, it was going on for a long time, my father started molesting four of my sisters when they were as early as eight years old or younger, and he kept having illicit sort of sexual, sexual encounters with, my, with four of my five sisters for about two decades. This was secret. This was something they were totally ashamed of, as often abuse victims are. They were too ashamed to come forward until very recently one of them finally did. Anyway, suffice to say, my father was doing 30 years to life in a maximum security prison. And he did, thanks be to God, he did confess, he did admit to what he had done. But what I realized was, I was living at a time when my sexuality was coming into maturity. I was living in an environment, a physical environment, where I had physical proximity to really, really evil behaviors. An adult, my father, who I loved and trusted, abusing in some really awful ways that I'd rather not discuss four of my five sisters, even as far as attempted rape. I'm not sure if he quite made it to rape, but got pretty darn close. So this kind of sexual immorality was what I was living around in my own home, and I didn't know about that. Now, later I learned the very home we were living in was a home lived in and built by my great-grandfather on my father's side 
who apparently was also a child abuser and extremely immoral, including significant sexual immorality that affected and impacted children. So I believe he was also a child molester. And so what I'm saying is this kind of very evil, immoral stuff was in my space, in my physical space while I was coming to sexual maturity. Also, I was taught from a religious standpoint to be very ashamed about ejaculating if that ever happened outside the context of marriage. Basically, the first time that that happened, that I masturbated and ejaculated by myself, I was 14, and I just thanked God that he hadn't struck me dead because I really thought that that's what would probably happen or that's what I deserved. So in this kind of an environment where my, my immediate ancestors were not able to optimize their sexuality for the modern world, and my ancient ancestors had their sexuality organized such that the species was just going to win, that is, humans were not going to die out, I realized that I've been pushed around by this a lot for my life. And I've done about, uh, as we say, two and a half years in hard mode, something like that at the most. That is, two and a half years with no sex, no masturbation, no ejaculation, no pornography, nothing like that for two plus years. But that's the longest I've ever gone since I was 14. So this is a challenge that's a part of my life. And to master this area, to master my own nature, my own being on the instinctual level, that includes the instinctual drives are things like food, water, sex, this, and survival. These are the areas that are governed by our instinctual drives, the drives of our species instinct to simply survive. And so I'm learning now to get in touch with this genetic aspect of myself and to regulate myself for my own well-being, for my own optimum life, rather than simply for, let's have the species survive. Guess what? The human race did survive. It is the dominant species on the planet. Therefore, our old genetic wiring of just do what will have the species survive, even though it's still in there, we don't have to listen to that programming, but we have to know how to deal with that gracefully and how to honor it because it is what kept our ancestors alive. It's just that now the way to have the best lives possible is based upon different strategies in many ways than the right strategies for, say, life you know, 1,500, 2,000, 3,000 years ago. So here we are. Let's have the most beautiful day we can. Thanks for listening and much love. Mm -hmm.